Good morning. Um, first, before we jump into this, uh, for those of you that have, have seen Godspell or been a part of Godspell, from the bottom of my heart, and I don't know if this has already been said, I have to say thank you to Highland uh, for the way you have responded and helped and poured out yourselves to usher and sell things and work, register, work tables and barrels and clean up and, and tear things down and get the word out and all of that stuff because all of our jumping around looking like crazies on a stage would not make a world of difference if it was not for you guys carrying this together as a family. So I just have to say 100% from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also, if you know me, if you know anything about me, if you've known me for a while, you know I take several things very seriously uh, in life. Uh, one of those is my role as a husband. I take that role very seriously. As a father, I take my, my role as a father very seriously. Uh, I take scripture very seriously. Uh, and another thing I take very seriously is the 1980s on-screen duo of Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita um, in Karate Kid. Uh, that... Trilogy changed my life, and I say trilogy because the fourth one does not exist to me. It is dead to me. Uh, Hillary Swank, you are no Ralph Macchio, and you never will be, so stop trying to be Ralph Macchio. Um, but it's very interesting, because I love that movie. I, I love it. Uh, I love that series. I'm actually passing that wisdom on to my children, even now as we speak. Um, but I was disturbed. Several weeks ago, I was sitting in another remake, another recreation, Alice in Wonderland, and I was watching the previews. And I suddenly was sickened at the sight of something, and that was the on-screen duo of Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan in what they're calling the Karate Kid. I threw up in my mouth. Then when I swallowed it, I was looking at Doreen going, I cannot believe what my eyes are looking upon. Because you cannot recreate perfection. You cannot do it. And so I was a little disappointed, needless to say. Um, but I'm sure many of you probably have those movies or those, those films or whatever you've seen. Where you're like, man, they should remake this one. They should remake that one. Well, the Karate Kid series does not ever need to be touched. But unlike the Karate Kid... You and I are in desperate, desperate, desperate need of recreation. And the definition of recreation is literally to be made anew. To be made anew. And now I'm not just talking about an extreme makeover, driver move that bus, pimp my ride, Botox injected, go stand in a glass box, tell me how bad I look, give me 30 minutes on a television show, make me look better, touch my makeup makeover. I'm not talking about that kind of recreation because you and I both know that you can put some makeup on and still be a jerk. You and I both know that just because you get some new clothes or you get a new house front or you get a new paint job on your car, you could still be as rotten on the insides even though you've got all this stuff on the outside. And what's amazing to me is that God's plan for you and I was a complete overhaul inside. And we'll try everything we can to, to get to the inside, but we cannot. So what we do is we become satisfied with the outward stuff. Let's change this. And if I can get this pretty, then everybody else will think I'm doing fine. And we're good at that. 
But before we talk about the whole recreation thing, I have to explain and I have to kind of go places with you guys this morning because it fascinates me that one of the two times that most people come to church, Christmas and Easter, one of those times celebrates the raising of a dead man back to life. Now, the resurrection is one of those things where you go, hmm, not quite sure. I don't know if I get that. Baby Jesus, I understand. I like babies. Babies are cute. I can put them in a little manger, put them around little donkeys and pigs and sheep and hanging out in a barn. I get that. You know what? I might even say I get Jesus dying on the cross because you know what? We all die. I get that. I get Jesus dying because I see it all the time. We're familiar with death because it's always happening. But today we have to discuss a very interesting concept in resurrection. That's just weird. And I've sat here and this week I have tried to go, how do I make the resurrection not sound insane? I can't. (laughs) I really can't. Jazz opened up the resurrectio on Godspell several nights ago with this line. He said, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. And this is one of those moments where you're like, really? The resurrection? Seriously? Dead man rising? That's crazy. Well, here's the deal. Without that craziness, according to Scripture, you and I are without a chance of being made new. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians. He says this, And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. You know, it's very interesting to me that a church can call itself a church that doesn't proclaim the resurrection of Christ. I hope that's a check for our hearts if we walk into doors that do not proclaim the resurrection. Because what you're hearing from them, according to scripture, is useless. Verse 17, he goes on, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. Verse 19, And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. If Christ has not been raised, then you and I, who call ourselves Christ followers, deserve every word of ridicule that is pointed at us. We are to be made more fun of than anybody on the planet. That is what Paul is saying, because our faith is useless if the resurrection has not happened. The Christ followers confession of faith, Romans chapter 10, one you're probably familiar with. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. The confession of faith is not that if I believe in my heart that Jesus died, that's normal. The confession of faith is that I believe that God raised him from the dead. That ain't normal. That's supernatural. And if you're trying to downplay the supernatural in the Christ follower's way of life, you will miss 
the crux of the Christ follower's life. You will miss the point. Our faith is based on an act that is absolutely and 100% impossible with man. You know, Jesus had a conversation with the rich young ruler, and if you're familiar with this story, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, hey, what do I got to do to get eternal life? What do I got to do? And uh, Jesus is like, well, here are all these things. And the guy's like, well, I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. And that's great. You know what? Sell all your possessions and follow me. The story ends with the rich young ruler going away sad. It doesn't say what happens. It just says he went away sad. Jesus didn't change his story either. He didn't say, oh, you're sad. Let me, let me change what I said. Make you happy. He didn't do that. He kept it the same. Then, it, then he goes on to talk about how hard it is for a rich man to enter into heaven. And he wasn't saying because you're rich, you're not going to go to heaven. It's just harder because you've got stuff that you hold on to dearer than Christ. And so what the disciples, their response is a very interesting one, and it's found in Matthew chapter 19. It says, the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Now, what's very interesting to me about this scripture verse is it is often misquoted in so many different ways. I've seen it on the back of boxers' robes as they go out to beat somebody's face in. I've, I've heard it from coaches who have said, yes, those guys were about to play. They're 18 times your size. They're stronger than you. They're smarter than you. They're better looking than you. Their girlfriends are prettier than you. <laughs> but all things are possible with God. I mean, it's so often misquoted. You know, I make five bucks a week, but I'm going to get me my Ferrari because with God, all things are possible. Come on. What Jesus just did here was explain that what is impossible with man, salvation is possible with God. What he started and finished made it possible for you and I to have a relationship with God. And that is what the resurrection allows us entrance into. You know, what's amazing is because the disciples, if the disciples had gone, okay, this dude, Jesus, he said that he was going to die for our sins. And if Jesus had stayed dead, what do you think the response of the disciples would have been? I mean, Jesus is dead now. Okay, it's been, it's been a week. Hey, are our, are our sins still forgiven? How do we know? That he said he forgave our sins, but do you feel like you're forgiven? How do we know if we're forgiven? What should we start doing? Should we do something differently? Do you see the confusion that that might add? But what the resurrection does is it says everything that Jesus said and did was from the Father and that it was true. Now, I don't know if you've even looked in to the logical reasoning behind the evidence for the resurrection, but logically, when you begin to wrestle with it, you will see that there is more evidence pointing to the resurrection than away from it. It's scary how much evidence points to it. And that's what's so weird to me is because truth being stranger than fiction. It's just weird. And I was thinking, I was like, how in the world do you, do you make this not sound crazy? How do you make the resurrection not sound insane? I wrestled with it this week and I've come to the conclusion, I can't. 
I can't not make it sound crazy. Impossible. Yeah. Through our eyes and with our abilities, it is impossible. But that's why Jesus said, with God, salvation is possible. Now, when Jesus was on the cross and when he was headed towards Jerusalem and all the different things that we celebrate this last week with with Passion Week or however you want to call it, this journey that Jesus went on, he had something in mind. And in Revelation chapter 21, Revelation chapter 21 says this, And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And I love that. I am making everything new. Hey, write it down. Write this down. If they don't get anything, I want them to get this. I'm making it all new. Seriously. I love that that is there because that's an attention to detail kind of thing. Do not miss that I'm making everything new. And unfortunately, some of us do. Now, I, I wish that I could, I could spend time with all the scriptures that talked about the new that comes with faith and relationship with Christ. I wish I could because we'd be here forever and it's such a, one of those things where you're like, oh yes, I forgot about that. Yes, I need to be reminded of that. Yes, I needed that. Yes, I need that. We'd be here forever. And so I wrote some of them down and I was like, These are, this is crazy. According to scripture... You and I, you know, that picture of, of Kelly making this, this, this massive, amazing piece of art, I watched him pull that junk out of the junkyard. I watched him pull pieces out of trash and make this. Literally making this thing new. Something we look at and we go, whoa, that is insane. And according to scripture, that's what happens to us when Christ comes in. We go from orphans to adopted. We go from enemies of God to friends of God. We go from no relationship with him to a new and growing relationship with him. We go from an old life to a new life. We grow from an old mind, old way of thinking, to a new way of thinking. We go from an old person to new person. We go from dead to alive. Our strength, no more. We get his strength. Old character, new character. You know, that's what's so crazy about the life of a Christ follower. Very simply, when that new invades, you have this strange desire to eat an entire Bible. Like you seriously want to start eating the book. You have this strange desire to get up early on a Sunday morning, come and get coffee and sit in a chair with a bunch of people who talk about this crazy resurrection. You have this strange desire to love people who hate you. You have this completely odd need to give and not to take. You have this deeply strange desire To talk out loud to someone that you can't see. You don't think you look crazy? (laughs) But do you know that's the new that Christ did what he did for? 
those strange desires, that new nature that comes because of Christ, <laughs> it, cannot, it, it is foolishness to the world. That's what Scripture says. It is foolishness to the world. But to those who are being saved, it is the very power of God. Galatians chapter 3 says this, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism, buried, symbolic, burial, underwater, raised to new life, burial, new life, dead, alive, in Christ. You have put on the character of Christ, like putting on new clothes. Now, Ladies, you love to shop. I get that. But guys like to shop too, okay? They may not say they do, but they walk through stores and touch the fabric. And, nah, I wouldn't want to wear that shirt. That one's scratchy. That one's good. But I'll tell you this. When I get a new shirt, and it usually is a beat-up shirt from the thrift store, but I'm proud of what I found... I put it on, I go downstairs, I walk around a little bigger. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for my wife to be like, is that a new shirt? I'm like, oh, this old thing? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. I love it. It's great. What do you think? It's awesome, isn't it? It's so good. But you understand that concept. We get, when you get a new shirt, when you get new clothes, we get that feeling. We're like, oh, yes, this is nice. It feels good. Some of you... You're trying to break your jeans in because they're too tight. You bought them too tight, thinking, oh, they'll expand while I walk in them. No, they won't. Come on. Just own up and get the size bigger. Just be fine with that. But you, we get that new clothes concept, putting on the new nature of Christ. That is new. It is all new. So Christ followers, today as we celebrate the resurrection, it's one of those things where you can walk with your head a little bit higher. So often, Christ followers walk around in defeat that we are not supposed to be walking around in. And it's not some prideful, selfish, arrogant, look at me, look at what I got. It's no, Christ made all things new. Therefore, I can love you harder and better than anyone else. It's crazy. It's crazy talk. But it's the new that Christ went to the cross for. And simply put, the greatest new, being made anew, being recreated, transformed, whatever you want to call it, the greatest one that anyone can go through is that of sinner to saint. Because outside of, of God, it is impossible. But the world will tell you, you know what? No, you move from sinner by doing this and this and this and this and this. Hey, do things better, look pretty, do this well, you'll move closer to sainthood. And that is exactly what Jesus said, no. That's impossible. And you better get that right. Because if you miss that, you'll miss me. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is actually, uh, it's right before the prodigal son. And I know most people might miss this story, but it's one of my favorite. And it's because I tend to read scripture through a weird lens sometimes. Um, I, I've, I've seen a several of Tyler Perry's movies and there's a character in one of his movies named Medea. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. But when I read this story, it's, this, it's the story of the woman and her coins, her lost coin. 
And it, it's, it's, it's hilarious to me because I just, I mean, well, just welcome into my world. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I know I got ten. Where is that tenth coin? Ooh, I know I didn't lose that coin. No, I did not lose that coin. Girl, you know those 10 coins I got? I lost one. Yeah, check there. What else would you, what do you, I mean, what else am I supposed to do? I lost that coin. I got nine. I know I have 10. Where is that 10th coin? Girl! I found my coin. It was right there the whole time. Hold on, look, let me get, let me get. It's right here. You know what? Why don't we have a party? Come on over. Yes. Yeah, I'm serious. No, let's celebrate. Okay, all right, bye-bye. And that's how I read the story. (laughs) But I love, love, love how the story ends. And it's it's actually uh, in Luke chapter 15. This is what it says. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Heaven gets excited. Heaven gets excited about recreation that is only possible through Christ. And that is sinner to saint. It ain't nothing you did or I did that made that possible. God himself made a way so that you and I might be made whole. That word saved That so many people like to throw around. Are you saved? Saved. You saved. Literally means made whole. Made whole. Completed. And according to scripture, it's impossible without Jesus. The band is going to come and play and and close this time together. And we're going to go into a time of response. But I want you to see these words in Galatians chapter 6. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. For those of you that are not familiar with that, that basically the idea of circumcision was saying, look what I did. I can follow the rules. I can do all the list of commandments. I can do everything on my own to get to you, God. He says, no, that is not what matters. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. I told you at the beginning The kind of transformation, the kind of recreation, the kind of being made new that Jesus came to do was not this. It's what's in here. And it's transformed by him. We can't do anything. We can't do enough. We can't do too little. We can't work harder 
or work less. But it is through his gift of salvation that we all have the opportunity for new life. And that's what's amazing about it. You're sitting in here going, you know what? That sounds impossible. That sounds crazy. You're right. Through the lens of man, it is. That's why I love Jesus said, what he said, just the whole thing of, with man, it's impossible. Just go ahead and get that wrapped around your brain. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus made a way. He finished it on the cross. And God proved Jesus to be who he said he was when he raised him from the dead. As Christ followers, today we celebrate the resurrection because it is central to everything. It's not secondary. It's not kind of important. It is everything. It's why the disciples went to their death. It's why the church, as it started out, persecution, death, all of those things came, but they understood all things new. This side of eternity and the other side of eternity. As the band plays, they're going to play a song uh, that kind of is a declaration um, of this craziness in some ways. The idea of the mystery of the death and resurrection of Christ. But there are, there's, there's, there's three lines that connect us to the saints that have gone before us and that will come after. And that is very simply, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And during this song, if you're like, ah, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. I would love to chat with someone more about it. I'd love to talk about it. I'd love to dive into it a little more. This is an invitation to that conversation. Now, we may not be able to hash everything out down here, talking and, and praying. But maybe we just have to go to coffee and not Facebook each other. Maybe real life might have to connect to journey together. Maybe. But Jazz and, and Pastor Shannon and several people will be down here just ready to talk, to pray, whatever you need. And maybe you just need to respond in your seat. Maybe the Holy Spirit's like working faith in your heart. And you're like, this Jesus, I'm ready to jump out of my skin right now. I do not know how to respond. I'm going crazy. And just talk. But again, if you do need to go a little farther, you're like, I got, I got some questions. We want to make ourselves available for that too. And then after that song, I'll come back up and kind of explain where we're headed next. Father, thank you for the gift and the mercy of Christ. Jesus, thank you that your raising from the dead proved you to be who you said you were. Proved you to be the one who would die and take the sins of a world that so deserved death. You didn't make our sins disappear. You took them on yourself and you died. You paid the price. It's not like now we're kind of ignored. Our sins are ignored. No, you paid the price. And that resurrection gives us the confidence and the courage to walk forward in an always changing society. May we remember you as we join with the saints around the world this day remembering what you finished.